In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, I am going to discuss the top international prospects that you will see in the 2023 NBA Draft. I call them the International Men of Mystery. We all know Victor Wimbayama, but who are the other international prospects that could possibly, or I shouldn't say possibly, that will hear their name called on draft night? Stay tuned. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I am solo dolo today and as promised i'm going to talk about the top international prospects in this 2023 nba class nba draft class and i think this international class is going to be good i think there could be possibly six guys selected in the first round that are international two of them city sasoko and leonard miller they are international you know for whatever reasons, the NBA counts Canadians as international. And I guess, you know, they're not technically Americans. Well, I guess they are North Americans. So Leonard Miller is from Canada and City Sissoko is from France. But they both played in the States for the G League Ignite. But the group that I'm going to talk about today are the top international prospects that are playing across the water. All right. Before we get started, I want to, I guess, plug a... A vlog umentary that I'm doing that will be dropping very, very soon. I don't have an exact date yet. I'm hoping early next week, but I've worked really, really hard on this project. And it's just me going from gym to gym, getting to know the top prospects, finding out what they're working on, some sit down interviews, behind the scenes footage. And um, yeah, I just ask you to support it. And also check me out at NBABigBoard.com. And I have written an article about the International Men of Mystery Part 2. The first one was done a couple years ago by Chad Ford. So this is Part 2. It is free. Um, most of my content, like 99% of it, is subscription-based on NBABigBoard.com. But I wanted to put this one out there for free. So you, the listener, will actually know who your team is drafting if they select the international guy. Well, please support NBA Big Board. Dot com Again, it's exclusive content that's coming from behind the scenes. I got some really, 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 really good stuff coming up. All right. So let's just talk about the international men of mystery. But before we get into that, international players have really, really made their mark in the NBA. At the beginning of the season, there were 120 international players representing 40 different countries and six continents. And Canada led the way with 22 players. Australia is second. Off the top of my head, I don't think I would have thought Australia was number two. I probably would have gambled on France. But Australia is number two with 10. France had nine. And Germany was right behind them with six international with six players from their country. And international players, like I said, have definitely made a mark. You got Giannis and Jokic winning what is it going to be, like four or five MVPs in a row? I think MB is going to win this year. 
Then Gobert and Giannis, I think they won like four straight Defensive Player of the Year awards before Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson kind of brought it back home. But despite the success of international players, and that includes like Luka Doncic, unless something just drastically changes, Victor Wimbayama is going to be the number one pick. And he could be the first number one pick born outside of North America since Andrea Bargnani in 2006. So the international players have not had a number one pick since 2006, unless you count Aiton and, you know, the Canadians, Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins. But I'll just say outside of North America. So before I get into it, I want to read this quote about international prospects. And this comes from a longtime NBA scout. And this is an exact quote. He says, there are a lot more unknowns when it comes to international prospects. There are so many factors at play. Many young players get limited playing time or play in leagues where the competition is low. Some teams hide players because they do not want to develop them just for the NBA. And then sometimes the player struggles to make the transition to the NBA or American way of life or NBA basketball. And in many cases, they prefer life in Europe. And I've heard another scout mention that when it comes to drafting an American player, it's not considered sticking your neck out, right? So if you're drafting an international player, it's if the international player fails, it seems like a bigger mistake than if an American player fails. So that's always something to factor. And I can just say from my experience being overseas, it is very, very difficult to evaluate international prospects because number one there's no college basketball right so you see guys that are really good at 17 18 they dominate their age group then they can disappear so either they're playing in a top division like Luca was which is like the highest but at the Euro League and very rarely do you find a young international player or just a young player period in Europe that is playing in that level because, and I've mentioned it over and over again, there is no incentive to lose in Europe. Every game counts. The The team with the worst records get demoted to another division. So there's not a lot of minutes for guys to develop. So as a coach who wants to win now, he's going to play that 25, 26, even 30-year-old player over an 18 or 19-year-old player because he's going to lean towards experience and he wants to win. So you have the guys that are really good and they're playing on these senior teams, but they're not getting any minutes. And I, I'll mention it with James Naji. And then you have guys that that the senior team owns, like a powerful club may own their rights. And then they have them play in like a second or third division so they can get the experience. But then that second or third division may be the equivalent of NAIA basketball. So it's really really difficult but that's why I enjoy scouting the international prospects so much because for some reason I just like to figure out all right can this guy play in the EYBL all right if I put him in the states could he be a factory like a power five school could he be a star there and then if he is at least I think he is then I want to say all right can he make an impact in the NBA so I love international scouting it is my favorite part of scouting like short term my dream job is to be like the general manager of like a second or third division team in Europe 
and then just kind of implement the American style of development into their system and how they develop. I mean, I have, I have it all thought out, all planned out. It's a short term goal of mine. Eventually, like long term, I would love to, you know, be the top dog top decision maker for NBA team all right before we get into the second segment we just can talk about Victor Wimbayama you guys should know Wimbayama now can't miss prospect the projected number one pick in 2023 and I actually think that he has exceeded the expectations coming into the season he had really high expectations but I think he's exceeded them showing a lot more skill especially with the ball enough to where you think he could possibly be a wing possibly play some wing at seven foot five which is crazy he's currently leading France's top division in points rebounds and blocks and he's been durable that was the big concern coming into the season is can he stay healthy concerns about his frame he's been durable Scoop who people didn't have any durability concerns about is the one that had um, several injuries throughout the season but it was minor injuries like a I want to say it was like a nasal fracture, ankle here and there. But Vic has been pretty durable. And, um, yeah, it's almost a lot for him to be the number one pick in the draft. All right, when we return, I talk about Ryan Rupert. And Rupert actually came on the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast a few weeks back. I did a sit-down interview. I have plenty of footage of him working out. And I think he's going to be really good. But let's talk about the ultimate G. M. Like I mentioned, I really want to be a GM of a team in Europe one day. But the closest thing I can do right now is play the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It is the coolest game that I've played in a while. Like I said, I've always thought about being a GM. And after all, I learned that it's not that easy. And if you have the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You're playing through seasons. You can basically create a dynasty. You are responsible for dealing with the challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making picks. And you can do it through multiple seasons. You can go through all the ups and downs through multiple seasons. It is challenging, but also realistic. And it is completely free. And you can play it offline. You can play on the go. And you can play as you want to. So you as a Locked On listener can get a 100% free boost to your franchise if you use the promo code Locked On. So go to the game store, visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, look it up in the app store. That is probasketballgm.com. Start your dynasty. You can start it like today. You can start it like literally right now. If you're like me, we are always throwing money at something, whether it's kids' school supplies. Well, luckily, my son is not in school yet. He has a ways to go, but clothes, a new house project, the list goes on. But it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. So enter Ibotta. At Ibotta, you can earn cash back on every shopping trip because Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items and produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you can get cash back. It is that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back, which could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you can use your cash back to buy that flight that you have been eyeing. I know there's a couple flights that I need to pay for. I need to go to Chicago. I need to check guys out in Vegas. But anyway, 
If there's a game you're dying to go to or fancy dinner you've been craving, Ibotta could help you save money or you can get the money back. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points, real cash back. Other apps give you points that don't amount to jack. With Ibotta, you get real cash that you can use to buy something else that you can add to your bank account, PayPal, or even gift cards. And right now, Ibotta is offering you as a big board listener $5 just for trying Ibotta using the code locked on when you register. So just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download a free Ibotta app. Use the code locked. That is I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store. And all you have to do is use the word locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. All right, big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. All right, let's talk about Ryan Rupert. Ryan Rupert, 6'6", 195. He's from France. He played last season for the New Zealand Breakers. He is a, a wing. But here's what's interesting. I've had time to... No, Ryan, I've been around him a lot over the last, I guess it's he's three weeks to a month now. I've been to probably, I don't know, 10 plus workouts. He works out twice a day. I've watched him work out during the day. I've been to his strength and conditioning. I've been to his workouts at night. And everybody has him in this box as this 3 and D guy. And that's what he played last year for New Zealand. Struggled shooting, but everyone is labeling him as a 3 and D guy. And I'm giving you the inside scoop, Locked On NBA Big Board listeners. Ryan Rupert is more than a 3 and D player. He can handle the ball. The shooting is a work in progress. And he played point guard his pretty much his entire career because he grew late. He's kind of a late bloomer. But he was put in this box as a 3 and D player in his first professional season in New Zealand. But if you ask him, and he mentioned it on an interview, He's not just a 3 and D guy. He is a secondary playmaker. He believes his best position is the two he can handle. And he told me that he has only shown 10% of his potential. Here's a quote. I want to show NBA personnel. Well, he didn't say NBA personnel, but that's what he's talking about. He says, I want to show my mid-range game and I can be more consistent with my shot. This year, I showed 10% of my potential. I played more like a 3 and D because it was my first professional season, but I can do a lot more on the court. I grew up playing point guard because I was not very tall. I have a lot of skills, and I cannot wait to show the world all the skill that I have. That's an exact quote coming from Ryan, and I'm a big fan of Ryan, man. He's great. Crazy thing is he told me he just really learned English a few months back when he went to New Zealand. He had to learn on the fly, and to me, I just think it's amazing that he did this sit-down interview with me in English even though he says he's not 100% comfortable speaking English but he did the sit-down interview and you can tell that he has like this quiet this quiet demeanor but it's like a really quiet inner confidence I've had a chance to watch him play two-on-two three-on-three with some other NBA prospects and I think that he is going to be someone that could really really rise on draft night I've heard some teams like him. One person told me they think he could sneak up in the lottery. 
they are higher on him than they are Usman Jang, and Usman Jang was a lottery pick last year. All right, so I, I think Rupert, I have him, I want to say I think I have him like 25 on my last mock, and because I've seen him work out and I've got a chance to know him, there could be a little recency bias there, but I think he will move up. I mean, the wingspan is massive. Like, he's 6'6", six, six, but he looks taller. It's because his arms are... I mean, when I say his arms are ridiculous, I, I think he can really scratch his knee without bending down. That's how long his arms are. He's been compared to Michael Bridges. He actually likes that comparison, but he also feels like he can do a lot more. And then he even mentioned how Bridges was kind of boxed in as a 3 and D guy. But once you saw him in Brooklyn, you see that he can do a lot more than spot up and defend. And so that's who... Rupert likes to compare himself to. All right, the next player that I want to talk about is the NBA Draft's biggest mystery, and it is Bilal Koulibaly. And I had a chance to watch him play. It's a unique story. I think I mentioned it on the, the on yesterday's podcast. I first saw him in January 22. So it was early last year. I went to an under-21 S-Bars game in France, and I was there to watch Ishmael Kamagate, who ended up being the 46th pick in the draft. I think Detroit drafted him, but his rights were traded to the Denver Nuggets. I think Ishmael could really help a few teams right now. Anyway, so in France, they have this S-Bars league. They play, I don't know, three or four hours before the senior team, so it's kind of like the JV and the varsity, but... The S-Bars games are free, and then you got to leave, and then they start charging you to come to the senior team game. So it's kind of like a high school feel. A lot of the people in the crowd are teenagers. It, it really just takes me back to, like, a, a high school game. And I, I saw Bilal. He was raw, but he just made a few plays. I'm like, okay, cool. And I was actually sitting next to Mike Schmidt. He was still working for Draft Express slash ESPN at the time. And now he has went on to big things with the Portland Trailblazers. So shout out to Mike Schmidt. And we didn't know who he was. So we're just kind of like, like, we go to like Eurobasket and we're trying to look up the roster, find out who he is, find out how old he is. And we're just kind of like, this this guy could be a player one day. And he was still relatively unknown in France. Um, the, the research that we found out was he was like a, a guard. He had like a massive growth spurt. And he was still, like, pretty raw. So, anyway, I thought, okay, this this kid is going to be good. See, he was born in 2004, which is a ridiculously strong class in France, considering Wimbayama, Rupert, and Sidi Sissoko are all 2004-born players. And if you're not familiar with how they do things in Europe, and I actually like it. I actually like it way better than what we do in the States. The year you were born, that is the age group that you play with. So, there's no reclassifying up. There's no you know, 19-year-old juniors or there's, you know, it's like 16-year-old freshmen or guys 19 years old playing 17U. Whatever year you were born in, that's what you stick with. Hopefully the United States adopts that one day. Okay, I'll save that rant for another day. But anyway, with Bilal, he was someone that I thought, okay, you know, in two years, in two years, I think he's going to develop into someone that could be a potential NBA draft pick. Then he had a good summer. Started showing flashes, added to his game, the athleticism, the length. He's 6'8", like 7'2", wingspan. And I started thinking, 
this guy is going to be someone that is going to make a lot of noise in the 2024 draft. So I went to Paris earlier. Last It was late last year. So at the beginning of this season, I went to go watch Victor. I'm not going to lie and say I went to Paris to watch Bilal Kulabi play. But I went to the Espars game, and he was a totally different player. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's blocking three-pointers. The athleticism popped. He made some some nice passes. I mean, just had a good all-around game from rebounding to cutting to the rim. I think he made two threes. And luckily, I have all this on film. I went, and I just took my camera. I'm a videographer by trade, and I just followed him specifically up and down the court the whole entire game. I didn't even watch the game. I just watched it through the lens of my camera, focused on him. I posted it on Twitter, and I was blown away just by his trajectory and how much he had improved. Again, I'm still thinking he's a 2024 guy. Then maybe a week later, they came to the United States to play um, the G League night. It was like the Scoot versus Wimby showcase. Got a few minutes there, but he looked totally, totally out of place. Fast forward, the Metropolitans, 92, they have a few injuries. One of the injuries was Hugo Besson, the guy who came on the Lacto NBA Big Board podcast last year. He had like a hip injury. And now Bilal was basically forced into playing minutes in France on their senior team, a team which features Victor Wimbayama, and a team that is trying to compete for the title. And not only does he make the most of his opportunity, I mean, he's scoring in double figures, he's showing defensive promise, he's cutting to the basket, he's finishing, and now all of a sudden I started hearing, like, he could be in the 2023 draft. And I'm friends with his agent, and I'm like, hey, is Bilal coming out? He's like, I don't know. We didn't plan for it for 2023. I have to really consider it. Does he stay? If he stays in 2024, he has a chance to go really high because 2024 is not considered as strong of a class and so on. And then finally, I got word that he is going to be in a draft. So I hadn't had him on any like my big boards prior to, well, I haven't had him on there period because I didn't think he was going to be in this draft. But he is a guy that over the last year, and a half, I could say that he's made like the biggest jump skill-wise, definitely as far as going from being raw to NBA prospect. He's still a little raw, still a small sample size in a sense. And if France, or sorry, if the Metropolitans 92 end up making a deep run in the French League playoffs, then Bilal and Victor, well, Victor doesn't necessarily need to work out for any teams, but Bilal will not work out for any team. So whoever selects him, is going to have to draft him based off of what they've seen. They won't get any interviews, any measurements, because he will not be at the combine. The NBA teams have to hope that they lose so that they can get a chance to have him at least do a pro day or, or, or measurements. So teams are just flocking to France to, to watch Bilal. So he could be someone that is a big riser. And I also heard from him. Well, not from him specifically, but I heard from a very well-respected basketball mind that he could be someone that sneaks in to the lottery. So that's going to be very interesting. All right, when we return, I'll talk about a few other prospects. Let's talk about game time. And with game time, buying tickets to your favorite events, they won't be stressful. Game time is fast, and it is an easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you will have game time has flash deals 
last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. They'll send you images of the seat views, lowest price guarantee. They have event cancellation protection. And if you lose your job because you are spending too much time playing NBA Big Board podcasts at work and reading NBABigBoard.com and you bought some tickets, they have job loss protection. So forget planning in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Not 100%, but 110% of the difference. You get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You get the tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and they are yours. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Nothing is worse than buying tickets online. You got to dig through your email. Then you got to put in a confirmation email. And then after you put in the confirmation email, you got to go back to the app. The game time is totally different. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. All right, and Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And my Nissan electric player of the week is Paolo Bancaro. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year. He was my favorite player in the 2022 class, a guy that I thought was going to go number one all Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to lie. I believe he should have went number one all along, but I did not think he was going to go Number one, I did not think a team was going to make the right decision, but Orlando made the right decision because I think Paolo Bancaro is the best player in the 2022 class by a sizable margin. And he was voted rookie of the year and he deserved to be rookie of the year. Now, the Nissan Aria is electric, is brilliantly fierce, is fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful. It delivers on duality, a combination of fierceness and elegance. It's beautiful, it's strong, it is the, perse- the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs the pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one electric vehicle. It is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It is the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. And you can shop for your Nissan Aria at NissanUSA.com. All right, last segment. I've been talking about the international prospects, and uh, I thought I'd be a lot further along than where I am. All right, the next international prospect that I want to discuss is another player that I've had a chance to watch live. James Naji from Barcelona, 6'11", 225, seven foot five wingspan. I think his draft range is anywhere from 20 through 35. If you've been following the NBA Big Board podcast, Last year, I spent the entire season living abroad. I started off in Barcelona, and my wife was with me. We had this plan of just living overseas the whole season. Her job is remote, and then we found out that we are expecting a child. So that kind of threw a little, uh, you know, it threw a little, uh, you know, a little rain on our parade a little bit. But we are excited to be parents. My little man is nine months old. So anyway, so while I was living overseas. Uh, like I said, we started off in Barcelona, had a chance to watch Najee. And I'll be honest, the first time I saw Najee, 
I had, you know, watched this film. I knew all about him from watching Adidas Next Generation tournaments. But I was disappointed. I was very disappointed at how he looked when he played with his peers. He was a man child. He had physical advantages, athletic advantages, and he just I mean, he got his numbers a double double, but it wasn't a pretty double double. He in my opinion, he lacked polish as a low post scorer, touch around the rim, and the points that he did score were just kinda like off offensive rebounds and just being bigger, stronger than everyone else. So I was kinda down on him. But I like the frame, I like the upside and the potential. Think Jalen Duran. He is like Jalen Duran, like this man child with this grown man, NBA ready body, despite only being like 18 years old. What changed my perception of Najee was when he ended up playing for Barcelona's senior team, which is a highly competitive team in Europe, one of the best teams. And they had like a rash of like COVID related illnesses or whatever. This is last year. And it opened up an opportunity for playing time. And he he did well. Four games. Again, the numbers are not going to blow you. If you understand how European basketball works, the game is slower. It's not as long. You don't see guys score 20 points. But Najee ended up starting four games as a 17-year-old, which is, like, extremely rare. Four games as a 17-year-old. And he combined for 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks. Not mind-boggling or eye-popping numbers in four games. But like I said, 17-year-olds barely playing in Spain's domestic league and in the Euro League, and he showed flashes as a cutter. The floor was bigger, and he looked a lot better in a reduced role as a rim roller, cutter, transition finisher, and defender, as opposed to when he's playing with his peers, they were trying to feature him, which is not his strength right now. So he impressed me. At that point, I thought, okay, this guy's a chance to be a first-round pick. This year, the minutes are still limited. He's only playing about nine minutes per game, a little less than four points, two rebounds per game. Not big stats, but he is, again, 6'11", athletic, can jump out the gym, 7'5", wingspan. It's crazy because I think that he'll play more minutes in the NBA next year than he does for Barcelona because more than likely the NBA team has an investment in him and they want to, I guess, develop him long-term. While in Europe, it's like, Hey, we are trying to win right now. We don't care about your long-term development, but this is like an example of why I really am intrigued by international scouting because sometimes it's a minimal sample size of teenagers playing in these top leagues. And since every game is a must-win situation, you got a small window to watch a guy. Like He may play five minutes, and you got to evaluate him based off of five minutes or how he works out. And Najee, like Wimbayama and Bilal, Koulibaly, probably would not work out for NBA teams because Spain's ACB League is one of, like, the last leagues to end their season. So I think their season is going to extend until late, late June. I know when I lived in Europe for a year, for, like, a whole basketball season, I I think the EuroLeague Final Four was in... I think it ended like late May. And then you had the domestic league. So I was in Turkey. The Turkish league did not end until like late June. And I was during a sweep. I, I just remember that I did not get back to the States until July 7th of, of that season. But that's because I stopped in Egypt to watch the United States under, I don't know. I think it was like their under 19 team. But anyway, 
that was only like a few days. So more than likely, there's a chance that James Najee could be playing <laughs> in the Spain or in the Spanish ACB finals during the NBA draft and missed the opportunity to have his name called. All right, there's a couple more prospects that I want to talk about. One is Nikola Drisic. And I know I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong. He is another Serbian in a long line of Serbians that are skilled and play like this positionless basketball. So you think of Nikola Jokic, Bogdan Bogdanovic, Nikola Jovic, Lekšić Pokashevsky, all skilled players that can dribble, shoot, pass. And Nikola Drisic is another one of those guys. I mean, I guess three of the four guys are, are named Nikola. Very popular name there. He made a name for himself this year, and I think he really helped himself in the game against the Thompson Twins. Uh, the overtime Elite did a, a tour of Europe, and he put up 24 points and six assists against Amin and Osor Thompson. It was a friendly matchup, but it was a, a matchup of three NBA prospects, two first-rounders, maybe even three. It depends on what happens. I know with Jurisic, his season is not as long as the guys in France and Spain, so he should be headed to the States soon and working out i can't confirm it but i i I would imagine he's working out in miami that's where um jovic worked out at last year jovic was a first round pick of the heat and jurisic has good size he's six eight he has a strong frame not afraid of contact he bullies smaller defenders not a really explosive nba level athlete Actually, you can probably say he's a below average NBA athlete, but he makes up for it with his crafty scoring instincts. And, I mean, you can say the same thing about Jokic, Bogdanovich. These guys aren't great athletes, but they make up for it with high skill level. And I think with Jurisic, his greatest asset is his court vision and his ability to be like a big wing facilitator. Although he's a little turnover prone and his decision making is a little inconsistent. But he is a shot maker. I think he's going to develop into a really good shooter. And when you combine his playmaking, his shooting, his offensive creativity, and his size, he is a pretty intriguing long-term prospect. And like I said, Serbia has a track record of of uh, players from their country having some success, which is uh, it's it's totally different because a lot of people, when they think of Serbia, they think of Darko Milicic, who is widely considered one of the biggest busts if not the biggest bust of all time but i guess serbia made up for it more than made up for it with nikola Jokic and mvp all right well big shout out to you and thank you for making the lacto nba big world podcast your first listen of the day once again thank you for listening and i am out